Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back to Canucks After Dark, October 10th. Officially, the final show before the regular season as the Vancouver Canucks start their season in like 44 hours or something along those lines. Uh, so we are just counting the minutes, as always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? Parker, I'm excited. When you say 44 hours, that's... Well, that's two sleeps, I guess, and that's uh, that's pretty exciting. It, it's kind of weird because they're starting, well, not weird, but they're 50-50 chance. They're starting away from home, so it still doesn't feel, it feels like it's the season's opening, but it kind of doesn't. But regardless, we got stuff to talk about. I know a lot of things have happened. I know you're preparing for a big trip. Maybe you save that until the very end, but uh, I'm doing great. How about you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing very well. I'm just yeah. looking, looking at, you know, actually being able to just type in Canucks into Google and see... Oh, okay. We got we got a Wednesday game to talk about. We got a Saturday mm. game to talk about. We have next Monday's game to talk about. And spoiler alert, we might have to talk about next Tuesday's game as well. This might be our first four ep or four game preview wow. in months. Um, and obviously, we've got a bunch to talk about because obviously Jason Dickinson got traded. Yep. Uh, the Canucks roster got finalized. There's a bunch yep. of cap gymnastics going on that we haven't <laughs> seen in ten years. And. Uh, there's hockey games to talk about yeah. as well. So we've got a jam-packed show for the next hour. Before we start, Parker, how has the response been on that poll that we did, our little contest that I know you and I, we, we put ourselves out there and gave our predictions last week. Some good, some not so good, but have we gotten some responses? So I am pleased to uh, announce, I have just looked at it. Uh, last year for the entire thing, we received 74 uh, okay. responses which is good and as of right now for this year we are at 74 responses so we are we have already hit the amount that we had last week or last year and i think last year we had a whole month to build it up yeah. um guys if you haven't got your predictions in you have until 7 p.m on october 12th uh, because that's when the vancouver canucks kick off their season um i guess it's a late game in edmonton an 8 p.m start um but you have basically until puck drop and then i'm going to hit the button to close off these submissions uh, anything that comes in after that will not count. Uh, so get your predictions in uh, if you want a chance to win the undisclosed prize. Yes, very undisclosed. If it's anything like last year, we either won't reward one or we won't decide until April. We'll, we'll see who wins. See, <laughs> Gio won point. last time, so we can probably get away with it if we don't give him anything. <laughs> that's true. He uh, was very grateful, though. He was a very he was very surprised and very happy that he did win. So that's good. Yeah. Um, so we can just get started because we have... Uh, where, where do we want to go? Do we want to start with Jason Dickinson? That was sort of yeah. the big news earlier in the week. Um, as And it all sort of goes together with the finalization of the roster from the Canucks' perspective. Sure. Uh, the Canucks were trying to do some cap gymnastics this week, as it showed today. Uh, and part of that was freeing up some cap space by getting rid of Jason Dickinson. So Jason Dickinson was making, how much was it, $2.65 million dollars, uh, for this year and next. And um you know when the canucks traded for him seemed like a good deal right third round pick for a guy who was like one of the best defensive two-way three uh three c's in the league um you know pretty fine value fine contract three years 2.65 million and then he just fell off a cliff uh when he came to vancouver was extremely unnoticeable last year didn't really contribute in any way and this preseason he showed the same uh and basically went from having pretty decent value for most teams around the league but with the flat cap and all this stuff he basically had no value, and at this point, negative value. Um, so the Canucks go out, they flip him for Riley Stillman, a defenseman who's basically half the price, 
-hmm. then have to throw in a second round pick as a sweetener. So this dropped during the last preseason game. Um, (laughs) Were you at that game too? I was at that game, yes. Was there a little murmur going on around the stadium? Not really, because, you know, it happened about the same time that Garland got hurt. So I think more people were concerned about Garland getting flattened as opposed to this trade. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, because uh, that's true, because they announced it. Oh, no, they announced it the first Garland, I think, got hurt in the second. But regardless, uh, there wasn't a lot of memory. There was just, you know, people on their phones. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. But uh, I think it was after the game where people were able to hear Alvin's press conference and, and where I think the momentum picked up a little bit for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What were your thoughts? You know, you see basically a, a, we're trading away picks for cap space uh, yeah. for a team that has only made the playoffs, you know, a handful of times in recent memory. Yeah. No, that's a great question. When I first saw it, um, the fact that I was sitting there watching Neil Zaman play right on the fourth line, as opposed to Dickinson, told me not that something was that a trade was imminent, but at least he was in tough to make the opening night roster if we took last Friday's game as a dress rehearsal. So I already knew that uh, Dickinson's future was a little bit murky. I had no clue something was going to come down uh, that night. And when it happened, I was fine. I didn't know admittedly a lot about Steelman. I do remember that fight he had with Burroughs, um, which is kind of funny because they're D partners now. So uh, overall, I was okay with it. But I admit it, I forgot... I forgot that we traded uh, the third for him. Um, I thought that we signed him as a free agent. So that part kind of uh, uh, is actually your video that reminded me. And then, and then, of course, the second, you can argue, uh, yeah, it was necessary to, to free out that cap space. But you got to remember, R- Riley Steelman might actually be a good serviceable player for us. So, yeah, there's a lot of angles. You covered it really well in a vlog. Um, I'm just kind of disappointed in Dickinson overall to even get to this place because... Uh, we both were really excited about it last summer. We said this could be the, the the magic potion for our third line center. Yeah, and it was a piece that the Canucks, you know, could really use. Um, yeah, you know, you, you get a good defensive three C, and that 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 could win you some hockey games. Uh, and he was entirely invisible, and to the point where, <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, even with hindsight, we can go back and look and say, it was probably a good trade the Canucks made, and it was a good contract they gave Jason Dickinson. Yep. Because with the information they had at the time, he had every <laughs> you know every signal that he was going to be a really good third line center. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen, um, and and now you know they get to this point where they have this asset that is just taking up cap space. That you know if they want to sign Bo Horvat next year, right? Every dollar counts. Kuzmenko yep. next year, right? Cap's only going up a million bucks next year. It's the year after where mm. it might make that jump, and Dickinson's contract will have already expired by then. Right. So, you know, it's it, the, with the flat cap and every team being right up against it. I mean, you see some of the LTIR numbers, right? Tampa Bay is $4 away from maximizing LTIR, L, or the Leafs are, and like the yeah. Tampa Bay is like $30 away. Like they're all within, you know, a, a nice dinner from from maximizing their cap space. So $1.3 million in cap space is is extremely valuable, especially for these next two years. That's a good, good point. I was going to say, did you, uh, this isn't a, uh, a quiz. I'm, I'm asking you, honestly, do you have any memories of anything that Jason Dickinson did on the ice? Because I do have one that I'll share, but do you have any from last year? Nothing springs to mind. Okay. No. Did he have? Do you remember he had no. one really nice end-to-end breakaway goal? Uh, oh, it was, yeah, I think it was a sort of breakaway where he, he made a nice, de- but I couldn't even remember who it was. So actually, Parker, I was at the golf tournament and I said to Jason, you know, 
I was at that game where you did that really nice breakaway. And he goes, yeah, I think it was against the Islanders. And I said, yeah, well, um, I'm sure you remember that one. That was nice. And he goes, yeah, there wasn't a lot to remember from last year. So he even knew. <laughs> he yeah, even knew that he, he had that to, right. <laughs> yeah, and there there was the, you know, we, we kind of came in hoping for a bounce back, right? But, you know, with the sample size we had in preseason, the handful of games he played, yeah, still, you know, got outplayed by a guy like Niels Amon, right? Yeah. And that's, that's not a good sign if, if some random kid from the Swedish league is who's like 21, 22 years old just comes in and, and takes your job when you were supposed to be one of the best three C's in the NHL uh, yeah. just a year prior. So, uh, yeah. yeah, just uh, just unfortunate for everyone involved, right? Unfortunate for Dickinson. I'm sure he wants to be a good player on a on a team that's pushing for the playoffs, right? Now he's going to Chicago. They're not competing this year, mm. right? Stillman comes in and basically gets added to this glut of left side defensemen that the Canucks have, right? They have a real bunch of those like seventh to eighth defensemen um, that he's going to try to obviously compete with. And, you know, he also had a pretty good trajectory until last year. Right. And I was looking mm. at like the analytic graphs where it's like, you know, he's sort of like doing like sort of around like, you know, in the middle of the pack and then that fall off the cliff, just exactly what Jason Dickinson's looked like as well. So maybe a bit of a resurgence there, but you know, I, I wouldn't be betting on it. Yeah, and I remember in your vlog, you're you're pulling up some of the percentiles, and didn't you say that Jason Dickinson came in with a really high expected, like, good defensive profile, and then he turned into yeah. the bottom? Ha- yeah, yeah, it was like near the 100th percentile for defensive forward, uh, and then it dropped below 50, and then obviously the offense was basically zero. So <laughs> at that point, you know, it's it's not a good recipe. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, so that's the Dickinson side. We agree, disappointment. Didn't move the needle on the penalty kill. Didn't yeah. really move the needle on anything. What do you expect from Stillman? Uh, do, you, do you like what you know? I don't, didn't know much. I mean, I, yeah, I didn't know much. Yeah, the, all I know is he has sort of an offensive focus, um, which is which be kind of nice, but it's also worrying for like a seventh, eighth defenseman because that's not the guy. That's not the guy that the coach is going to go get when they they need to fill a hole, right? You're not going to yeah. go. You know that, that's that's the problem for a guy like Jack Rathbone, where you know he's he's really good offensively, but it's hard to you know you have an injury, you need someone to go fill in for 14 minutes. Do you want your high offensive guy who's going to be a liability back there? Maybe not. And that's sort of where Stillman seems to fall. Um, yeah, it could just be a good press box guy. Could be, you know, down in Abbotsford doing mm-hmm. uh, doing well as well. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen anything though, right? I haven't been looking yeah. at, uh, I haven't been looking at any of his clips or anything. I did hear him on his media availability on Sunday. He was saying the right things, Parker. He was saying that he really wants to be someone who's tough to play against. He likes to get a piece of players, uh, making it hard on them. So, that's great, you know, and the way with all the injuries, I know we're going to get to this with the way the roster lines up. He was practicing with Burroughs, which is a very, very uh, undersized yet feisty kind of third mm-hmm. pairing for sure. But yeah, not not the not the best matchup pairing you've ever seen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Speaking of defensemen, uh, mm-hmm. this happened basically the morning after, uh, but the Canucks released Danny DeKaiser from mm. his PTO, which we saw coming. Uh, just didn't really have a fit. Um, yeah. Any yep. thoughts on that? <laughs> no, uh, I think a lot of people kind of gave him, wrote him off already because some people didn't like what Alec Chason brought to the team last year who made the team out of camp on a PTO. I thought Chason was fine because we had a lot of injuries, but I think people just somehow thought DeKaiser was going to take over Rathbone's spot or 
I don't know who else, Dermot Spot. So, yes, you're right. They released him flat out, right? And then they sent Christian Wolanin down. And uh, Wolanin was probably one of our best defensemen this preseason, but he still, I guess they don't see him as a top seven or top eight, I guess, if he's going down to Abbotsford. Yeah, he sort of fits in that same mold of, you know, sort of guys that are in between and, you know. We have a lot of those guys, as you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, and, and you got to go, you got to take some history into account, right? He was an AHL defenseman last year, mm. uh, basically has been, uh, been sort of just jumping between, basically a press box guy for most of his career. Um, yeah. So sort of a guy who you can throw in the AHL to mentor or, you know, if he needs to come up a bit for, for a handful of games. But yeah, he got waived along with Sheldon Dries. Sheldon Dries, not That's a right. surprise. Um, but yeah, yeah. well, I had that, had those flashes, you know, that one game where everyone was like, Oh, this guy is top four. Um, <laughs> but he cleared waivers. So Canucks still yeah. have him. Um, so clearly, yeah. uh, not a, wasn't a big mistake to wave him or anything. Right. And speaking of that game, I want to acknowledge Lucas is always starting off the donations, seeing Arizona playing against us on Friday. I wonder if this is close to the squad they'll field this year. If they stink out, they might as well say, sorry, we're closed or sorry, we moved. Lucas, uh, firstly, thanks for the donation. Secondly, I was at that game on Friday. They were bad. They had seven shots on goal total, but, but to their credit or discredit, that mustn't have been their final preseason game because they had maybe four guys whose names I recognize, and two of them were ex-Canucks, Troy Stetcher and Alex Chason. <laughs> yeah, the problem is that they did announce their roster today, and there's probably still only like eight names you recognize oh, dang it. <laughs> on their list. One of them is Dylan Genther, who has made the team uh, oh. for the Arizona Coyotes, yeah. at least for the nine-game stint um, right. to start with. But, you know, there's some some big names on here like Liam O'Brien, um, Matias Michelli. <laughs> Uh, wow. They got Yusuf Mal- uh, Valamaki, I think, on waivers. Yep, they have J.J. Yep. Uh, Moser, Dyson Mayo, uh, just a who's who okay. of Okay, for real. <laughs> for real, who do we recognize on there? Clayton Keller. Keller, Schmaltz, Genther, okay. Nick yep. Ritchie, Nick Bugstad, yep. uh, Barrett Hayton, yep. maybe Christian Fisher, <laughs> like, yep. like a couple of moments. Uh, Zach Cassian, Lawson Kroos, Travis Boyd. Oh, that's a Canucks bad legend. team, man. That's, that's a- yeah, and then the defense isn't much better, right? You got Nemeth, Josh Brown, Valimaki, Gosses Bear, Timmins, Stetcher, Mayo, and Moser. So Chason didn't make it. Uh, was he in Arizona? Yeah, he. I watched him play on Friday night. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> I don't he, see him. He was on a PTO. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think he maybe he didn't make it. Or did yeah. he get shot with someone else? I, mean, I don't know. Uh, nope, I don't think so. I, I mean, saw, it, but I watched him play on Friday night. I, I promise. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he didn't make a team. It doesn't look oh, like. Oh, man, man, man. Well, it was good. You know, for the Canucks, uh, we got to see Joshua and Lazar combined for a nice goal. It was good. Uh, Petey and Kuzmenko still uh, running wild. Kuzmenko, that really nice breakaway goal coming out of the box. Did you hear, did you see that clip where Kuzmenko was basically saying on the power play, Petey, um, Petey told him to pass him the puck next time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Petey, the next one they did, and Petey scored. And then Kuzmenko said, yeah, that was a good goal. <laughs> yeah. He was like, you know, don't shoot. Pass to me. Pass to me. <laughs> and, then, and then he shoots and scores. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then you hear just Kuzmenko. It's so, you know, it's it's quite uh, likable just the way he yeah. is, his English. So the way he tells the story is even probably funnier than it has any right to be, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, it is a, it is a, it's a great clip. I highly recommend it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The the other problem the Canucks have been having, you know, they did announce the roster day, but going into that was mm-hmm. injuries, right? The yeah. one oh. of the worst preseasons for injuries we've seen from the Canucks um, for a team that needs to go off to a good start, missing yeah. a bunch of guys. So some of those yeah. names: Tyler Myers, 
yeah. out two to four weeks. Hmm. Two to four weeks has been sort of the the there's just what the numbers they throw out right it's the day to day or the week to week for this uh, this group is two to four weeks um so you know that could be missing five games that could be missing an entire month right you could yeah. be all the way mid-november by the time tyler myers is back we're talking about a guy who's going to play you know 22 minutes a night yeah yep yep myers dermot so two of your top six defensemen and mckayev who at least mckayev was practicing today sure non-contact but at least he was practicing. But as we'll get to in a few minutes, all three guys will start the season on the injured reserve list, which isn't as bad as it sounds, but they will start on the IR. Right. So Garland's back on the ice. Yep. Um, Besser and Mikheyev in non-contact jerseys. Yes. Uh, and then, uh, but they were on, their IR can go retroactive to their yes. date of their injury. So in theory, captain gymnastics would need to be involved. They need to technically be off the roster until after the games tomorrow i think so they can technically be taken off ir before uh, opening night so we could see besser or mckayev on opening night but maybe not yeah. Yeah. um quinn hughes sick yeah scary man i i don't you hate how he's having maintenance days and the season haven't started yet <laughs> yeah so you just hear you hear maintenance days and he, he doesn't show up for a couple days and now we hear that he's under the weather right um right. which you'll take yeah. yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully it's just like a, some minor flu stuff, right? Just feeling a little queasy and, yep. you know, that, but if, I mean, if we're talking about a, a Canucks team that's without Hughes, Myers, and Dermott on the back end for opening night, um, <laughs> and then we're seeing Riley Stillman playing 19 minutes, uh, then I'm a little concerned. Yes. Against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Me too. Me too. Me too. So should we break this roster down a little bit for the, for our fans, for our subscribers here? Let's our viewers? do it. Uh, awesome okay i will start pull up any graphics you want if you need to but i'll, I'll start you guys we're not going to bore you with exactly how much everyone is makes and the implications of of exactly how they did everything but what you need to know is this every team can uh, name a roster of 23 players but it can be anywhere between 20 and 23 the connects did 22 they did 13 forwards seven defensemen and two goalies so 13 forwards and seven defensemen you have to dress 12 and six so there's one extra so the the list of players the forwards that the Canucks name for the roster are Aman Besser Garland Hoglander Horvat Joshua Klimovich Kuzmenko Lazar Miller Pearson Pedersen and Podkolzin very very interesting that Besser is part of this opening night roster so that we expect him to play tomorrow I was sorry Wednesday and it's Klimovich and not Carlson because they actually save about thirty thousand dollars by actually naming Klimovich instead of Carlson. Yes, it's only $30,000, but that was part of the gymnastics that that Parker has referred to. So there's that. $30,000. For defensemen, seven. Burroughs, Ekman-Larsen, Hughes, Pullman, Rathbone, Shen, and Stillman. That means, as Parker said, Dermot and Myers start on the IR, and then Demko and Martin are goalie. So, add it all up. Dermot, Myers, and Mikheyev are the three players in our injury reserve. Furland and Phil DiGiuseppe are technically on LTIR, DiGiuseppe, they invoked this season opening injured reserve where they got basically $150,000 savings there. Add it all up, and yes, the Canucks are exactly $86 million or 3.5 above, and they maximize every single dollar of the 3.5 that Michael Ferland's injury affords them. Last thing, and then we can talk about this, as Parker said, IR... It's only, you can go retroactive and it's only seven calendar days that you have to miss. 
long term is 24 calendar days and 10 games so you really have to think if you're going to put someone on that long-term list because the ramifications are a lot bigger right How, and that gets how's that for yeah yeah yeah, just, that gets tricky for a guy like Tyler Myers, right? Where yes. You don't want to, you know, if he's two to four weeks, well, if he's four weeks, put him on LTI. But, you know, if he's two weeks, then you're you're losing 10 days of yeah. uh, of Tyler Myers. So, yeah. Um, one note from that roster, uh, Danila, mm-hmm. Danila Klimovich, paper transaction um, mm-hmm. from what we've heard. So right. he will get sent down tomorrow. Carlson yeah. will get called back up because he's basically was skating with Pedersen and Kuzmenko. Uh, and that's probably what we expect to see opening night, unless you know Mikheyev does come back. Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's not. It's a little scary to look at, right? Especially you know looking at that active roster and knowing that you know Garland just got back on the ice today, <laughs> right? Besser is wearing, <laughs> wearing a non-contact jersey, right? So we got what fourteen forwards on this list, and yeah. two of them are still injured, uh, as far as we know. So. You know, no. the Canucks, you know, you know, you can't you don't want to put more guys on L- are on IR because they're going to miss more games. No. So, you know, you got to hope that um, they come out of this first Edmonton game as healthy as possible. Yeah. And actually, uh, Vince Terrence asked a good question. Anyone know the clap implications of sending Klimovich down and recalling Carlson in case Besser isn't ready? Or do you guys think Klimovich will make his debut? No, actually, Parker. Parker said it properly. And as I mentioned, there is a twenty seven a thirty thousand dollar cap savings by setting Klimovich as your guy, but tomorrow, after tomorrow's games, they can reverse it, bring Carlson up, and they will, I don't know how it works, but they'll be fine. They'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, I don't know, I don't yeah. know how it works either. It's so, <laughs> the math is tricky. I, yeah. I don't know how they pulled it off, but they pulled it off to the dollar for the first time ever in NHL history. That's pretty crazy. Uh, according to, uh, to Cap Friendly. And Parker, um, can you explain what a paper transaction means, please, for Edmund? Yeah, it basically means that you know you have uh, you you're sending him down, but you're not actually it, like let's pretend that they were still in Utica, the HL team. They're not going to put him on a plane to Utica, right? right? Carlson, like he's staying here. They basically he has to be on the AHL roster for the day, uh, or not on the like he has to get uh, sent down to the minors for the day, um, so that way his cap doesn't accumulate and the other guys does, and then they can flip it back. You know, you don't have to actually ship the person there. You can just sort of uh, just manipulating the roster, the guys that you have available to you because uh, they don't play tomorrow. So it doesn't really matter who's on your roster today if you're going to go change it before the game on Wednesday. And there must be a way uh, just to go back to what we we're talking about earlier. Yeah, the fact that we're at 82.5 plus three, the fact that we're 86 million now and then tomorrow we're saying that we can bring Carlson in for Klimovich. That means somehow we must accrue Thirty thousand dollars of savings on which, the first day. Yeah, right? which we can't. I don't think because you can't accrue anything in LTI. I don't. I don't know. So then, how, uh, unless <laughs> unless the LTI accrue, I, I couldn't tell you. Me um, neither. But they're much smarter than people uh, people than us who actually yeah. have to do this, and they get paid a lot of money to do it, so we don't have to. Yeah. Um, because honestly, it's pretty menial stuff that doesn't matter <laughs> to us as long as the Canucks can have. Uh, have the right players um, playing on opening night. So quick question for you then, Parker. If you Let's presume that Besser does play on Wednesday night because that's what we're hopeful for. But let's say that like, Mikheyev doesn't because Mikheyev, he basically started skating this weekend. So uh, we know Besser's not going to play on the fourth line and Joshua Amano Lazar is basically set. So listen to these three lines, Parker, and where would you put Besser? There's Pearson Miller Hoglander. There's Podkosen Horvat Garland. And there's Pedersen, Kuzmenko, Carlson. Yeah, so, there's one name that really stands out there, isn't it? 
And yeah. That's, that's Carlson. Yeah, he's who hasn't played in the NHL before. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, if they're trying to mess with as little as possible and they want to have sort of set lines that, you know, McKayev can slot into, um, mm-hmm. then you might, you know, you might move a Pearson down or a Pod Colson down. But again, you don't really want those guys on the fourth line either. Um, I don't know. I, I'm really curious to see. Do they they skate tomorrow? I'm sure, right? They do. Yeah, 11 a.m. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm sure tomorrow we'll have. Uh, you know, we'll see some line rushes. Um, you know, hopefully we see Besser in a contact jersey, um, and hopefully we see Quinn Hughes on the ice. Uh, so yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't really have a good answer for that. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I think given everything I just said, I I think yeah, you take Carlson out and. You put Besser on the top line with Miller and Pearson. You keep Horvat, Garland, Pakolzin together, and then you bring Hoglander down to play with Petey and Kuzmenko. Or you bring Pakolzin off of that Horvat line. Because didn't Pedersen play with Kuzmenko and Pakolzin in that very first one? I yeah, think we, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was a line we really liked. Yeah. It did. What are you drinking? That sounds good. Uh, sparkling water. Root beer flavored. Okay. You're very, you're very healthy. Okay, and I do have an answer. I looked up uh, Canucks Army did a really good article today. I retweeted it, explaining how they got to this perfect, perfect, perfect uh, salary cap hit. And then it says this: If Di Giuseppe ends up being long term, that season opening injured reserve that I never heard of until today gets added to the LTIR. So that's 150 grand. So and that's they only need 30. Exactly. So gotcha. that's so that's what they say. Whatever that means. <laughs> Cool. Awesome. Sounds good to me. I'll take it. Oh, that's good. That's good. So uh, obviously, uh, a lot of people. So Parker, it's funny. Uh, the reaction on Twitter, a lot of people are like, "Oh, this is amazing. Benning would have never done this. This is this is the best management either." And then others are saying, "Well, are we really celebrating uh, a W like this of of fitting under the cap well, yes. kind of thing?" <laughs> yeah, the bar is low. The bar is on the floor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I am. I am happy. Uh, because it shows, it just shows intelligence. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it shows, you know, they 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 used their spreadsheets and they figured everything out the way that they needed to. Um, it just, it's just one of those good omens, right? Uh, good omens, as we might now say. <laughs> Very uh, good. Very good. Um, yeah. No, I think I, I, it's obviously it doesn't matter that much. Um, you know, if we had been missing a, a guy like. Carlson in the first game because of some cap issue. I mean, it would suck, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah. Um, but you know, the the ability to look at stuff and and work it all down to the exact penny is is pretty impressive and mm-hmm. just seems like a yeah a good sign. So I got one more lineup question for you, Parker. Let's say Hughes does play. I sure hope he does. <laughs> the defense is way more better with them. Uh, way more better. Way better. It's today they practice OEL and Pullman, the two newcomers from last season. Rathbone Shen instead of Hugh Shen and Stillman Burroughs, right? That gritty third pairing we were talking about. Where would you put Quinn? You either put him with Shen and move Rathbone or Stillman. So one of them got to sit uh, with Burroughs. Or I don't think you put him on the right side. I think they tried that once and I don't think they're leaning no. towards that. So do you just simply put him with Shen as familiar partner? It feels like it's going to end up that way, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I, uh, again, I don't love Shen playing 21 minutes, right? Yeah. That seems not good um <laughs> but yeah i mean you know you're probably yeah who are you scratching right it's gonna be one of rathbone yeah. or, or stillman, stillman yeah. or burrows i guess you could 
Um, yeah. But it, it, you know, it feels like Burroughs kind of earned a spot over Rathbone last year. Um, Riley Stillman is probably new and probably isn't super ingrained in the system, right? He hasn't played. He didn't play a single preseason game with the team. Oh, uh, that's right? a good point. That's a good so, point. So I think he's the easy person to put in the press box, yep. assuming Hughes is, is able to go. And right. anything illness related, I always just assume that they're going to be ready to go. Like they'll play through it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Stillman's the easy one to pull out. Um, and then, yeah, I, I mean, I want to see Jack Rathbone play. Um, yeah. So that's I'm a little biased in that way. Yeah, um, that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you're pulling Luke Shen out. Uh, I, I, I'm not high on Pullman, but, you know, he's stout. Def- he's somewhat decent defensively, and that's big for coaches. So, right. You're right. So no matter how you arrange them, our top four is OEL and Pullman, Hughes and Shen. Then likely we're, we agree it's going to be Rathbone Burrells with Stillman as our extra. Yeah. Yeah. I Matt, think that's the easiest way to go. Gosh, Parker, our defense doesn't sound good in the first place with Dermot and Myers, but like, did you hear the names we just talked about? <laughs> yeah. No, it's not good. I mean, <laughs> yeah. The, the, that's the thing. Whoever gets hurt is basically you're replacing them with more of the same, like more eight, more number sevens. Just throw more number sevens. Throw oh. uh, Kyle Burrows. Throw in Jack Rathbone. Riley Stillman. Yeah. Uh, Travis. Will Lennon. Right? Yeah. Will Lennon. Yeah. yeah they yeah, got yeah. so many names that are that are basically you know the same, uh, <sighs> at least same skill level wise. Uh, I saw I mentioned um, you know Vince Terrence and lots of people in in the chat are are really high on Kyle Burrows. Uh, and I think that's a hundred percent warranted after yep. last year. Uh, Kyle, yep. Kyle I, I think Kyle Burrows is. I mean, if you're looking at this list, I think of the d- defensemen that are on the roster right now, Kyle Burrows is the number three defenseman. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, what you're gonna go Hughes, OEL, and then you're stuck between Pullman, Rathbone, Shen, and Stillman. Like, I could see an argument for Shen. Yeah. Right. As well, but like, I mean, Kyle Burrows was really good last year. I mean, and so was Luke Shen. Uh, but I mean, Kyle Burrows is basically the third or fourth best defenseman on the roster right now with Dermot and, uh, Dermot and Myers out. Wow. Um, that doesn't bode very well, but I mean, wow. we, we can always just, we're, I'm just going to put the blinders up and look back to that one Pittsburgh Penguins season where they had Ron Hainsey playing 22 minutes a night and they won the cup. So defense <laughs> doesn't matter. Go all offense. We have a good goalie. Let's run it and hope for the best. I but. Great way of putting it. And bro, he's so likable. He's so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, and I think I told you the, the story here, the, the the golf tournament. I didn't recognize him because he's so everyday, so small. And then I saw him like three times every day looking. And then the third time I told him basically that, I, don't worry, I'm not... I'm, I'm not stock. I'm not pushing. And he goes, "Oh, I'm just returning something to my car. Is that okay?" I said, "Well, you don't have to ask me." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's, he was so unassuming. I guess is my point. Very yeah. friendly, but very unassuming. Yeah, I think everyone is rooting for him. He's he's the kind of guy who would win if he plays a lot, an unsung hero award, right? Yeah. Someone like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> he's basically the Tyler Mott of the defense, right? It's yes. Sort of, it's going to be his uh, his play style. Yeah. Wow, Dermot Meyer. Yeah, and again, I, I, we're joking that. Or saying that they aren't the best players, but they they sure make a big difference when their names are out of the lineup. It's just it's even worse, obviously. Yeah, and Dermot, we don't have a timeline on, right? Uh, yeah, it sucks. Likely a concussion is what we heard. So those are that's one of those things. You know, could be a week, could be a month, could be longer, right? You, mm-hmm. you just never know. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully he's back sooner than later. Um, yeah. You know that that Riley Stillman pickup starts to look a little <laughs> bit useful, right? It's like well they filled. <laughs> 
uh, a gap that they didn't have a week ago, which was yeah. too many depth defensemen. Yeah. Uh, but now at least they have another body to throw in there if need be. And Parker, isn't I was just reflecting? Isn't it amazing how the we the thing we led the show with the Dickinson versus Stillman cap savings? It was the exact amount that we needed, or the difference between Carlson and Klimovich was exact. But it wasn't we were off by a dollar, two dollars, even four dollars at the Maple Leafs. We got it to the dollar. I don't even know how you can be off by four dollars though. Like, who- <laughs> Who's got that on their contract? Yeah, they make $96 instead of yeah, 100 Yeah, does Austin Matthews have a weird number in his contract? I feel like he does. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, so Austin Matthews makes $11,640,250 a year. But it ends so in a zero. It doesn't in a zero, but I'm sure that <laughs> yeah. skews things a little bit. Sure, sure. Um, but and yeah. any, yeah, any proration of whatever. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Right. But yeah, you know, it's kind of signing funny. like performance bonuses, yeah. things yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. You got to think like you know the things that are playing in are like some of the buyouts yeah. are playing in, and it's yeah, it's wild. Lucas, thanks for the donation. Burroughs is the type of leader. Uh, type who is a leader off the ice as well. I think he's deserving of more respect. Uh, great point. And I think a lot of people in this chat certainly respect him. So let's see what opportunity he gets this season. And wow, speaking of respect, we respect you. 130 people in the chat right now, which is pretty darn cool. Thank you, everyone. Mm-hmm. And I do Whoops. want to mention, um, I, I just have another tweet on the side here. So as we're sort of talking about the roster yeah. being finalized, uh, Cap Friendly also tweeted out um, for 20-man projected game rosters, so the people who are going to be playing at least on opening night, uh, the Vancouver Canucks are the sixth youngest team in the NHL. Uh, uh, Buffalo number one, Ottawa two, Arizona three, Columbus four, New Jersey five, and Vancouver number six. So Vancouver, basically the youngest of the playoff, you know, bubble teams at the very least. And then the Rangers are in seventh after them. So, um, you know, I mean, you think about some of the guys that that they got, right? Um, Mm -hmm on the roster right Niels Amon who's what, like 21 22 Besser's pretty young Garland's pretty young Hoaglander mm-hmm. um you know Dakota Joshua uh, uh Carlson Kuzmenko mm-hmm. I guess is like 26 mm-hmm. right a bunch of a bunch of pretty young guys even on the back end right Quinn Hughes Kyle Burrows Rathbone you know Riley Stillman a bunch of young guys um and that has the Canucks all the way down there uh, on the uh, on the age rankings yeah and I love what you said too about tell of those five teams ranked ahead of them, uh, I don't think you take any of their rosters over ours from no. a standpoint of yeah. Uh, Ottawa's intriguing to me just because of, but that's because of all the old guys they brought in to go with their right. their young guys. Who else was there? You said Buffalo. Uh, yeah, Buffalo, yeah. Ottawa, Arizona, Columbus, New oh, yeah. Jersey. Yeah. Arizona's roster. Well, we just talked about it. It's it's, it's bad. It's uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Jasker asks, who's the oldest? Uh, do you have a guess on who the oldest team in the NHL is? I'm going to go um, Pittsburgh or Philly. It is Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh is number one. Washington, number two. Tampa Bay, number three. Toronto, number four. Calgary, number five. So the top four are Eastern Conference. Not that it makes a difference, but that's weird. They're all Eastern Conference teams. And they're all teams that were like have been good, right? Like that's Pittsburgh true. and Washington, end of, you know, were good five years ago, basically. Tampa Bay has been good the last three years. Toronto has been great the last three years. Uh, And then Calgary has gone all in and been okay. Like they've been good uh, for sure as well. Pittsburgh. So obviously uh, having Malkin kind of raises that. The Tang Crosby. Crosby. All their their best (laughs) players are are getting up there. How come Ovechkin looks so much older than Crosby, by the way? (laughs) 
I don't know. It's. I think it's just the. It's probably the Coke, uh, Coca Cola's on the bench and the the pregame chicken parms. Is that what he does? I think before every home game, he gets like some big meal from a local Italian place in Washington. Uh, I which I, I need to find if I'm going that, down there. I should try to figure out where that is. That's amazing. Oh, you're going down there. Okay, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Now. That's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> um, Dropping not-so-subtle hints throughout this episode. <laughs> so we've got... Should we do some game previews? Cause yeah, we've let's got, do that. we got a few games to preview here. Um, let's do that. I'm going to type in Canucks into the Google machine. Sure. Uh, opening night, Wednesday. So the Canucks starting with five games on the road. Awesome. Uh, four of which we will not have a show between now and then. Because um, our next show will not be next Monday. Nor oh. will it be next Tuesday. It will be oh. next Wednesday, uh, October tell, 19th. You can tell the people why now. That, then that makes, yeah. it, there's context. Yeah, so I'm going down to Philly for the Canucks game against the Flyers. Uh, some other, you know, maybe the football game down there as well. And then also the game against the Capitals in D.C. on the Monday. Uh, and then, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll get back. Man, I'm going to miss the Blue Jackets game. <laughs> I'm going to be on a plane. <laughs> that is awesome. I am 99% happy. And 1% uh, jealous. But no, the jealous can be happy jealousy. That's awesome, man. That's mm -hmm. awesome. It'll be fun. And that Philly game's early. Uh, it's 1 p.m. our time. Our 1 p.m. our time, 4 p.m. local. Yeah. 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 I don't know yeah. why. Um, yeah, that's weird. They must have yeah. a Sunday night game. Wow, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Very cool. Very, very cool. Which game are you looking forward to? I know we'll preview each of them real quick, but between the Philly and the Washington game, which one are you looking forward to more? Uh, my friend I'm going down with is a big Ovechkin fan, so okay. that'll be fun. I don't know which jersey he's going to bring to that one. It's uh, right. it's a toss-up, so it might get right. uh, it might get spicy. But uh, the Flyers game's a Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, mm -hmm. so it should be should be a full house. Um, yeah. So that'll be fun as well. That is pretty cool. Okay, so let's go in order. Uh, we've already talked about who or who may not dress for the Canucks. Do they have a shot playing against uh, Edmonton Oilers team that overachieved, made it to the Final Four last year? And basically, it's their home opener. So, what do you think? Uh, I think it's going to be a shootout. Uh, I think mm -hmm. we got two teams that are that are going to be good offensively. Um, it's one of those games that could really come down to goaltending, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, Demko. Uh, they have Campbell now, right? Yeah. Um, so, two goalies who last year were fairly even um, as for one another. Uh, two yeah. offenses that are pretty high powered. Uh, I'd probably give the edge to Edmonton there, but the Canucks might have some good depth and mm -hmm. some good uh, some good power play potential. I think special teams is going to be big, uh, and it's going to be our first taste of that Canucks. You know, the real special teams uh, again. Hopefully, Quinn Hughes is involved and Brock Besser is involved, uh, where yeah. we can see. You know, can they punish teams like Edmonton if they get four power plays a night? Are they scoring on one and maybe two yeah. um, to give them to give them the edge? But I could see this game being like a five four. Yeah. Interesting little wrinkle, too, uh, uh, about the power play that you mentioned. Kuzmenko and OEL are pretty good. Kuzmenko's been awesome on the power play in Besser's spot. And OEL, I, I think you notice when he's on the power play, he's he just very simple, makes really good decisions. They get a lot of shots on net when he's on, on the power play He's because he's not as fancy as Hughes. I'm not saying he's better than Hughes, but uh, definitely the Kuzmenko-Besser, do you just leave Kuzmenko there and, and make Besser go in the second unit? I wouldn't hate that. Um, yeah. I've always been of the mindset of you play your first unit for a minute 40 on the power play like Washington <laughs> does. Yeah. Um, I don't love the idea of having like, unless you try three zone entries, they don't work. Right. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's get the second unit out because they're going to be more aggressive. 
right. but you know I, I think you just put your high it's not playing the power play is not that tiring right it's a lot of yeah. sort of standing in one place doing a little bit of shifting up and down yeah, exactly uh, yeah. to side, right it's a pretty stationary um possession game unless things are going really wrong so yeah mm -hmm. i think i think you stack one unit um and if that is kuzmenko over besser just because there's was more practice there they thought it worked better um then sure i don't see why not yeah. okay so they play in edmonton then there's a two-day gap before the game the first of your two games in philly what do you expect from that game well, Philadelphia looks bad. Um, this is a game. This is the game. This is one of those games that the Canucks just need to go out there and handle, right? It's yes, a, it's yes. their second game of the year. You can you can see them losing to Edmonton, right? Like that wouldn't yep. be if they lose to Edmonton. It's not. There's no alarm bells going around. It's like, hey, it was you know home opener for Edmonton, first game of the year. Uh, it's McDavid. It's Drysital. Um, you know, unless things unless they look really bad. But you know, let's assume that if the Canucks are zero and one, that Philly game perfect chance to just get right back on track right yeah they're up against a team who is projected to be the worst in their division by every single model out there um projecting around like 70 points um from a lot of models so just just are not going to be good uh and the canucks just need to go in there it's not their home opener i think they play against the devils on thursday okay so the canucks should just be able to go in there uh, get it done. The time is a little bit weird. 1 p.m. Vancouver time, 4 p.m. Uh, Philly time. Um, but yeah, they got to just go in and win that one. Yeah, I agree with you. And they should, uh, yeah, well, we're, we're building up to it. I've always said the Canucks are going to go 2-2-1, two, two, and one, so I, I'm with you so far. I think we want them to win, but they might not win in Edmonton, but they should win in Philly for sure. For yeah, sure. Philly, Philly just has a, a whole host uh, of problems yeah, on their absolutely. roster. It's a real fall uh, over where they were just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. 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 Then the Caps. Washington Capitals. Uh, yeah, I'll, take, I'll let uh, you take this one. Okay. Well, Washington, uh, perennial, as we talked about, old team, but perennial power uh, playoff team for sure. They still have all their firepower, although they're getting a little bit older. Uh, this one... This one's tricky to me because the Canucks have the Columbus Blue Jackets the, the day after. Not a lot of travel. I, I Between Philly to Washington, it's not a lot of travel. Between Washington and Columbus. So fatigue shouldn't be an issue, but it is being on the road now. Now you're in game three already. You don't want to be down 0-2. Some people say it's great to start the season on a, on a road trip because then you build chemistry or whatever. I don't care. Home or away, I just want the Canucks to win. I don't want them to come back yeah. and... and, and and people are already saying, oh, no, this feels like last year already. Although they started the season okay, then they dipped. But, yeah, we, we want to continue on the momentum. So I actually have this one. If I had to choose, I think they're going to lose this one, but they're going to beat Columbus. But who knows? And this is going to be the first time in the season where we can say, all right, who do you start in which game? Back-to-backs. Ah, do, do you go Demko point. against the Capitals or do you go Martin against the Capitals? Um, I great. imagine they'll go Demko against the Capitals and then – uh, Martin against the Blue Jackets. You just do the starter for the first game of the back to back, and then you're back up for the second. Uh, yep. But yeah, it is the first uh, the first back to backs that we're uh, that the Canucks have to deal with, and uh, yeah, we get to see Nick Dowd um, in a uh, suiting up on the fourth line for the Capitals. Nice. And now, as we move through this chronologically, because you'll be in Washington, and we're not going to make you rush back to your hotel room just so you can do Canucks after dark. We will not do it on Monday night. Correct. Yeah, because it would also be one a.m. One a.m. <laughs> now that would work for me because I, you know, a night owl. But for someone like you, who's traveling, yeah. 
You could yeah, do it. Now but... that I think about it, I would. I was thinking 10, which is like, oh, I'm going to be out on the town. Yeah. Um, but I'll probably have had a couple and it'll be <laughs> probably not the best. Uh, no, I think that'd be awesome. We should do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> probably not the best. Uh, we can, we can push it to, uh, to the Wednesday. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. And then, yeah, the final game that we can touch on here and then maybe we'll touch on the wild one as well. Cause it will sure. clean up the road trip, but Canucks blue jackets, Tuesday, 4 PM Vancouver time, 7 PM local in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Goudreau, Goudreau. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's really the marquee name. Yeah. Um, we're going to see, you know, that sort of Goudreau line A combo. See how they're working yeah. together on that first line. You know, they've got a pretty yeah. decent team, right? I mean, they got guys like like Chinikov, who's looking like a good uh, young yeah. guy playing with Voracek um, on their Rostovich. second line. Yeah, yeah, they've got Nyquist on their roster. Yeah, um, their defense looks okay, right? They got Boquist back there and and yeah, uh, Eric Branson. Yeah. Yeah, and who's their goaltenders? Uh, it... They've got Merz Lickens oh, yeah. is their their main guy, who I imagine I don't think they'll have a back to back there. Um, I hope so. <laughs> uh, they don't. No, they're they're coming okay. off two nights of rest. Oh, uh, okay. going into that game because of course they're. Yeah, so I don't know if you call this a trap game, like four games in the season, but this one uh, I do think the Canucks should win. I, I really do. So for me, I, I've had them alternating loss win loss win. So I think they'll be at two and two at this spot. Yeah, and I, and yeah. I think that would be totally fine. Um, so when you're looking at this, we'll wrap up the road trip uh, sure. here before we get to, to get to Vince. Yeah. Um, when yeah. you look at these first five games, this road trip, uh, you know, then going into Minnesota, um, let's you know who knows what happens there. But if the Canucks are, let's say they go two and three, yep, on these five game road trip, but they look good. How where where's your concern level? Uh, are are you a process over results guy this early in the season, or after the last you know couple of years of failure, do we just need to start getting wins regardless of uh, how good they look? If they come back, great question, Parker. If they come back two and three, but they look okay in in two of those three losses, I'm okay with it. I really am. I I think I I look at then they have the the one home game, then they bounce out to uh, two sorry two home games. And then they bounce up to Seattle, and then they're home again for then Pittsburgh, for New Jersey. Four. So yeah, yeah. So they basically have six out of seven at home. Um, so you want to be playing well at home, obviously. So it, to answer your question, if they come back two, two and one, or two and three, or even one and four, but at least they played well. One and four is a little bit iffy. But yeah. if they come back with only a two in the in the win column, I'll be okay with it as long as they've been playing okay. Yeah, I, I'm sort of in the same boat. Part of me is saying, well, we can't have moral victories this year, mm -hmm. right? Like there's, mm -hmm. it's going to be a tight division. We're at the point where they're basically at 50% by most models to make the playoffs. Yep. Um, and I'm going to be tracking that athletic number all year <laughs> yeah. uh, and all the numbers all year just to, so we can sort of ride the roller coaster. Um, but yeah, I think if, if they look like, if it's like that Detroit game last year, right that thomas yep. grice detroit game where they had like 42 shots and didn't score then okay a loss there's fine right whatever you get goalied it happens but yeah. if they're you know if it's if it's you know like a 3-2 game where they only get like 22 shots then i'm starting to get concerned um mm -hmm. if they're losing but they were dominant and got goalied that's fine but if they're losing these tight games that they need to find ways to win yeah uh, that's when i'll start to get concerned even if they are playing really well um, because they need to win games early. Yes. They got to get on a good run early on. 
Yep, I, I'm with you. So I think we agree that uh, a one in the win column is pretty bad, but two, obviously three, four, five is awesome. Two, depending on how they're playing, we we won't hit the panic button just yet. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they're like four and one, and we'll just call it good. <laughs> and by the way, uh, because I know every single viewer is saying, well, don't you guys usually do Tuesday when you can't do Monday? Yeah, but not this week because you'll be flying home. Yeah, my flight home comes in at like 9 p.m. on Tuesday. So mm-hmm. I'd have to get back home I'd probably through customs. And <laughs> it's, it, I'll probably be home pretty late uh, that night. Now, will you be doing shows, though, from the road? Can people watch your... Have you figured that out yet? I don't know yet. Uh, we'll def- I'll definitely be doing a show for Wednesday's game. Um, yep. On the Good. road, I'm kind of envisioning walking with a selfie stick outside after the game and doing like a, a vlog more so than sweet, a stream. Sweet. Yep. Uh, and then when I'm back, we'll uh, we'll keep the streams going. Unless I find some crazy way to just run a stream from there. Uh, we yeah. might do that as well. Um, yep. We'll play it by ear. Awesome. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, Vince with a $5 donation. Ch- switching gears here. Completely off topic. Not a fan of Nickelback, but I'm digging the new goal song. What are your thoughts? And I'll start with you. Burn it to the ground. Nickelback. Yeah. Okay. This is kind of embarrassing. I, I know the song very well. Because it was the theme song for WWE Monday Night Raw for many years. So as soon as I heard it at the stadium, this is so bad, Parker, 48-year-old man watching wrestling. But you guys know that. I, I share everything. I, I recognize it right away, and I, I love it. I, I love it. It's, look, Nickelback gets a lot of hate, and they are yeah. a bit corny, and, you know, they're pretty generic. And uh, yeah. Burnt to the Ground's a banger. It's a yeah. good song. <laughs> uh, and it's, uh, and it's, it's energetic. Uh, and it sounds good. Uh, at least, I mean, you've heard in the arena. We can barely hear yeah. it on TV. Yeah, it's it good. It seems like it would be a good like energy. Like, let's go. it's really good, actually. Yeah, yeah. It, it fits all the criteria of some like haze in there, which the <laughs> which the Canucks seem to love. And then the uh, ooh, yeah, yeah it's good. <laughs> Sorry, it's, that's why I don't sing it on videos. <laughs> no, it's perfect though. It's yeah, yeah, it, I yeah. think it's I think it's a fun song. You can make the riot jokes, uh, but it's oh, sort of like the Canucks yeah. leaning into it a little bit, maybe, and it's yeah, uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, I think it's fun. Uh, no, I'm excited I, I do for, too. Some, for some energy. That's so fun. There's something else I was going to say about it real quick. Uh, oh, no. It would have to come to me. But, yeah. Thank you for the donation. Very Lucas, and, oh, yeah. uh, also with $5, oh. thank you very much. Saying Burnt to the Ground was the Abby Heath's goal song back in the day. Well, there weren't a lot of people that heard it. Thank uh, you, Lucas. That's good info. <laughs> thank yeah. you. But, yeah, they. Uh, I still remember my one Abby Heath game I went to. That was empty, empty. Um, but uh, yeah, they well don't put a Calgary Flames team in Abbotsford. Yes, yes, but I get it. Bur- heat, burn it to the ground. Flames, I get it. Right, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Very, very good. Excellent. All right, we've got about ten minutes here. Clay, any other topics you want to hit? Oh wow! Um, I knew. Well, we kind of joked around. We were just basically saying to each other, "Hey, buddy, let's get through June, July, August." In September, even because look, today we we peaked at 160 viewers, which is awesome. More than 150 still in here. People are obviously excited. I am too. But I think the two big stories were the Dickinson trade and, of course, the the kind of setting the roster, and and we covered those pretty well. And yeah, the cool thing is, Parker. Now every single show we have until April, we'll at least have two or three games to talk about every single time, which is pretty awesome. Absolutely, except the All Star break at the end of True. January. <laughs> but maybe we'll be talking about two Canucks players on the Pacific Division team. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, <laughs> crops with an interesting question here um, for the people going, you know, maybe to their first Canucks game, ah. uh, or even people who've been a bunch of times. 
everyone sort of got their own go-tos when they go to Rogers Arena. Yeah. You know, the Canucks subreddit will say, just go to Costco beforehand and get the fries yeah. and gravy. Yeah. Um, some people will, you know, you, I, I think you're, you're a carve man. Is that correct? You're, you're very good. Yes. You know me well. Yeah. yeah. What do you get there? You just get the, just the carve sandwich. Yeah. But I will crops. This is a great question. And this one, I, I know Lucas and others that work there will have their own opinions too, but here's a great tip. Go to guest services, either outside 309 or 115 or whatever it is and sign up for the Budweiser safe driver program because all you do is you show your driver's license you take a minute to fill out the thing that and the, the secret answer is always skill test and questions always 24 unless they've changed it but if you get it wrong they'll still do it and then they give you a, a card for a free drink that will save you 550 to get a non-alcoholic pop or iced tea but that's the very first thing i do when i go to the arena i go to guest services and i get that because i don't drink and then you just got to show a driver's license and then you get a free pop see isn't isn't that a tip? Isn't that a good that tip? Is a, that is a great tip. Um, I'm pretty basic on my arena food preferences. I want mm. like I want food that I'm going to eat in an arena, right? Um, right. For me, usually I go in the upstairs gate, like you go um, from Griffiths Way up the stairs, and there's like yep. the main platform. Then I keep going up, sort of um, by the the viaduct. And then I go in, and uh, there's always the triple O's right there. Yes. And I just I yes. love a good, just get a good bacon cheeseburger, yeah. Uh, and I'm happy. Maybe I'll do the chicken strips sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, yeah, second period popcorn, and you're good to go. Yeah. Parker, that's so funny because Gills, my wife go to is triple O's. I get my car, but then on Friday's game, I was sitting there, and I had my, <laughs> I had my phone in one hand, I had my car in the other, and I think all I tried to do was put the phone down, and I hit my other hand. And I spilled my carve sandwich on the ground. It rolled to the <laughs> underneath the guy's seat in front of me. So I, I basically embarrassingly had to ask him to stand up so I could pick it up. Obviously, I wasn't going to eat it, but that's 18 bucks, man, down the drain. Jeez, that's that's yeah. unfortunate. That's Thank tough. God I, I ate half of it. So maybe nine bucks down the drain, but still, Gil was not happy. And she was <laughs> even more mad when I came back with a different type of, like, a, then I had to buy a pizza because I still wasn't hungry. I mean, I still wasn't <laughs> full, right? So basically a $40 meal and I had $30 of it. <laughs> that's great. That's that's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Marjorie asking, are you both going to the home opener on October 22nd? I don't think either of us are. Um, no, I am Buffalo. not. Yeah, I am working, but uh, and you are not going either. I'm not going because uh, more expensive than the game two days later, the Monday night against Carolina, uh, which, which we I will both we are both, both going be at. to. Yes. So that might be another reschedule for a show, I think. Yeah, so maybe that one will be the Tuesday uh, okay. on the 25th. Though. We'll figure okay. that one out as well and have an update for you next week. Well, but that, yes, yeah. yeah, I think uh, that game's also a late one. It's a 7.30. Uh, oh, yeah. There's no so, way we're going to make it. Yeah. Even no. if we, yeah. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll push that one. And um, Lucas, got to get that up there, Parker. That, uh, that's, yeah, excellent. So Lucas works in the arena. Take his word for it. Panago around 119 is barely busy. He's at 117 in his hat stand. I know that because I saw him and it's quiet. 90. Okay, so Lucas can actually eye 119 from his hat stand. And if he says it's not busy, it's not busy. And that's that actually fair. where I got my replacement pizza. And I will say <laughs> as, a, as a former Panago pizza artist, um, it's not what they're actually called. Uh, get the jalapeno ranch. It's unreal. Uh, just get, get that as your dip. You can't Man, eat it. I learned something new every day. You work for Panago. I did. That was my first for, job. Really? For a couple of years, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm great at making pizza. 
Awesome. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Let's see awesome. here. Uh, Denver with a Canucks related question. Does the fact that Amon was picked up for free make the second given to Chicago more reasonable or more palatable to you? Mm. You know, I, I don't like to, because it had technically nothing to do with it, but I hear what you're saying because Amon is the one who's in essence replacing Dickinson. I, I guess you could string it together that way, but not but. And then you could probably string together a lot of signings. You can kind of justify anything you want to. So, yeah, um, yeah it helps. There, there's no doubt that it helps, but I, I that certainly wasn't the first thing I thought of. Yeah, yeah, if you're trying to look at the whole off season as one, like then yeah, these are all like pluses and minuses that all add yeah. up together by the end of it. Uh, but I don't think that really. Um, yeah, I guess you you might think of it as well. Dickinson would have been in that spot if it weren't for Oman, yeah. and then you know maybe then they stole their second. And I don't know yep. is, is Oman worth a second? Probably not. So right. it's kind of you know it's. Uh, but either way, you know if you're looking at it in a vacuum, I don't yeah. really put the two together. Yeah, and don't worry, I won't start calling you this, but I love uh, PP Panico Parker. <laughs> That's great. Um, what else do we got here? Uh, we don't need to do the, the Panago Q and A's. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, although people always say, like wherever they worked, they wouldn't eat there after working there. Mm. Uh, I love Panago. It's the it's the best pizza. Uh, Good to know. Here, Good like to like know. the best chain pizza, I think. Um, uh, I lie saying, what are your expectations for Oman, Kuzmenko, and Carlson? So I mean, we talked about Kuzmenko in our in yeah. our predictions. I, I don't remember where we put him. I was in like the 40, 45 yeah. range, I think. And I was, yeah, high 40s for me. Yeah. 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 Um, but Oman and Carlson, I mean, Carlson, I don't know if we're even thinking of him yeah. as, a, as a regular, but Oman seems to have earned a, you know, in theory, yeah. a regular fourth line spot. And fourth liners, you don't need them to tally up points. You don't need them to to do anything crazy, but you, you need them to play even hockey. The, you need them not to get scored by on by the other fourth line. You're usually not putting your fourth line out to to cover the first line. Your, right. your, your fourth lines play against each other, so you got to play them straight up. That's basically yeah. what you need the fourth line to do. Yeah. yeah, they need to not make big mistakes. The, you're, you're out there while Pedersen breathes on the bench, yeah, right? Like, exactly. They're getting rested. You guys get your nine and a half minutes, and then we're putting the big guns back out. Yep, yep, yep. First goal. Oh, and, oh uh, I'll go there. Oh, Oh, I got this right last year too, didn't I? You probably did. I think I think I said Oliver Ekman Larson. I think he did score the first goal what? last year. Uh, <laughs> what kind of goal was uh, that? Yeah. I am going. Uh, ooh, I don't know. What are you thinking here? I'm going Kuzmenko. Yeah, that's the that's the. Why not? Out. Yeah, that's the easy the easy one. Um, I am gonna go. I want to go a little bit off the board. Um, if you say Stillman. I'm not going Stillman because I don't know if he plays a game this year. Um, if he scores the first goal, we have a problem. Yeah. Um, oh, I have I have no idea. I, I lost my my lines and I need the reference. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go easy. Then I'll just go. I'll go with Bo. I think okay. Bo, will, Bo will score the first one. And by the way, I, a couple people asked that I can't find it right now. What do you think is gonna happen with him? Maybe there's a good one, one to end off on. What do you think is gonna happen with him? Yeah, I, uh, I I'm sure they get something done. To be honest, I yeah. I it just seems like he's a guy that everyone's gonna want to get signed. Uh, looking right. at our our poll results um, so far, I can actually see you know of our 76 responses now. Oh, um, well, it's taking a while to load. I think it was something like 80 percent of people said he would get a contract before um, free agency. Mm. Um, so the people believe that Bo Horvat will be around. I think so as well. Um, but I mean, yeah, you know, maybe the Canucks are outside of the race at trade deadline time and things start to change. Yep. That makes sense to me. 
Wow. So the next time I talk to you, well, I, I'm sure we'll message, but our next show will be Wednesday night, the the 19th. Uh, yes, Wednesday the 19th. So if you need okay. things to watch until then, uh, Clay does his show five nights a week at 11 o'clock. Yep. Uh, I will be doing my post games after or my host game after the Oilers game. Awesome. And I'm, I am going to try to do something for the two games that I'm on the road for. Uh, Good. The Flyers game and the Capitals game. I think I'm going to have unlimited data. So maybe I'll get a stream going. Uh, we'll see. It probably won't be great quality. It'll be from a yeah. phone. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see what we can do. That sounds awesome. Well, Parker, I wish you a very safe trip for sure. And, yeah, I can't wait to – and honestly, even if the stream doesn't make sense because you're out or you're with a buddy, even like a vlog in between games just with some reflections, I think people would really love to to hear about it. It's like watching a game in Philly basically. Yeah. No, we'll, yeah. Uh, I'll get something done. It'll be good. Uh, we'll good. put something together. Uh, folks, thank you all very much for joining us. If you missed any part of the show, you can find it. Uh, if you buy, just scroll back on YouTube, rewind back to the beginning, or you can find it on your favorite podcast platform in a matter of 20, 30 minutes. Um, Clay? Do you have any parting words on this fine Monday night? Well, Parker, we made it through the off season as difficult as it was, as it was. Yes. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited for what we're doing here. I'm excited for what we're doing on our respective channels. And I'm excited. Most importantly, that the Canucks are playing meaningful games in, in two days. Can I say it? I'm scared. I am scared of what happens if they lose early. Like, yeah, they, you know, you like, can say that. Lose the first couple of games. I, I can't do it again. They got. Yeah. We need wins, especially. We'll get wins. There, you know, win those two games and lose the rest. Okay, that's fair. Uh, uh, Canucks. <laughs> if, if, if if all else fails, two take, and eighty. Yeah, <laughs> take those two for Parker. Two and for eighty. Panag we get we get Bedard. Yeah, we're good. Do uh, it for Panago Parker. Yeah, let's let's win let's win like forty seven games this year. Let's make the playoffs. Yeah, I just I I don't want another losing season. Uh, That's fair because I want these uh, I want these to be fun. You know, with everyone here, I want us to be like positive and be like, oh, you see what Riley Stillman did the other night or that beautiful <laughs> goal that he scored. Um, that's let's what do it. that's what I want to look forward to uh, all year. Let's do it. All right, uh, thank you everyone for joining. Uh, hit the like button if you haven't already. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, follow the podcast, subscribe, whatever you listen to, uh, and we will see you uh, next Wednesday.